0: Jesus House, in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, as we come to tonight, we ask for your grace and your favor. Holy Spirit, we just lift tonight up into your hands. We lift our voices and we ask, oh Lord, that you are God, that you take absolute control. Holy Spirit, guide us into the word of God concerning yourself. Let us understand and to be able to walk with you at all times. We thank you for all that you are about to do, all that you have done and all that you will do. We glorify you, my Father. We worship you and we praise you. We really, really exalt you. My Father, we thank you for tonight. We glorify you, we exalt you. We thank you for all that you will do and all that you have done. May your name and your name alone be glorified. Make the word of God tonight simple. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue our discussion tonight on the Holy Spirit. Um, We're going to continue our discussion on the Holy Spirit. And so um, I hope everybody is settled. Remember last week, we'll do a very, very quick recap of what we talked about last week, and then we will start um, tonight. And so it's going to be fun. And so let's, let's go, we've got an hour and we'll go from there we will as usual stop at seven fourteen to take our declaration and so be nice and prepared for that and so last week we spoke about how the holy spirit causes love to be formed in our hearts and it's one of the ministries of the holy spirit which is wonderful and we said there are five things there are five ways he does it where he helps us he helps us study the bible he helps us pray he helps us worship and he helps us obey the Lord, and he helps us give literally in any area whereby we are presenting, <coughs> excuse me, any area we're presenting our lives, our thoughts, or anything we have, whether it be our resources into the lives of others, the Holy Spirit helps us do so. And so in that place, as we do those five things, The Holy Spirit causes love to be shed abroad in our hearts and we begin to, that begins to fill our hearts. And we spoke about that last week. And so today we want to talk a bit about the Holy Spirit, want to talk about who he is um, and some of the most interesting things about what he does. And I think that's some of the most wonderful things about it, that the Holy Spirit um, does some really amazing things. And it, when I say does, he is a person. So let's get down to business. So, the first thing we want to talk about tonight, um, and we will, we're going to have a look at different things. And so, let's also, um, we'll start talking about who he is. Um, we'll talk about who he is. John chapter 14, I will start there. Jesus is speaking. John chapter 14, and I'm going to read from 16 to 18. I'm going to read from the um, King James Version of the Bible to start, and then I may read from the Amplified Version of the Bible later. And the Bible says the following, and Jesus is speaking, and Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Verse 18, it says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now remember, and so when we're speaking about the Holy Spirit, the first thing I want you to realize is when Jesus says that, the Lord Father will send another comforter just like him. Remember, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are three in one. They are one person, yet they are three distinct. um, That's the mystery of the Trinity. Um, It's something that for many of us is, if you think about it, they are, the first thing I want you to remember about the Holy Spirit is that he's a person. And the person that he is is he is God. And so when the when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come, he said, another comforter just like me. That means, and Jesus said, when he comes, verse 18 is very critical because it says, When he comes, Jesus says, I will come to you. And so this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, so the Holy Spirit is when you think about it, he is God. Let's put that straight to bed. The Holy Spirit is God. And that's the wonderful thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit and having him as our guide and our strength. And Jesus uses a word and the word he uses, another comforter. And let's have a look at where Jesus uses that word again. Same chapter of the Bible, john chapter 14 verse 26 and this time ladies and gentlemen um john chapter 14 verse so we're going just to verse 26 john 14 26 and this time i'm going to read in the amplified version of the bible and the bible says this he says but the comforter and then jesus breaks the amplified bible breaks the word down he's counselor helper intercessor advocate Strengthener, standby. Then the Bible says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we are talking of the Holy Spirit, we realize the two things. First, he is a person. Second, he is God. And that's the beautiful thing about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so what we're looking at is, as, especially as we, as Jesus says, he's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's the one who gives us great advice. He's the one who helps us in anything we do. He's our intercessor. That means he is praying for us. And he enables us to pray. He's our advocate. He's the one who pleads on our behalf, strengthener and standby. And so what, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, it's one of the most interesting subjects to speak about in the Bible. It's very, very interesting, okay? And so we're going to speak about his the things, that who he is and what he does. So we, the first thing we've noted, ladies and gentlemen, is that he's a person. And the second thing we noted is that he's God. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Now, I'm going to, we're going to do a, next reading, speaking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is this, Luke 11, and I'll put this into the chat. So, I'm going to read Luke 11, and I'm going to read from 1 to 13. So, Luke 11, and I'm going to read from 1 to 13 because when Jesus presents, this is who the Holy Spirit is, and this is what he does, Jesus also presents that he is our greatest need. And the beautiful thing about um, the Holy Spirit is the, minister, the person of the Holy Spirit will come into our lives when we ask God. So we'll look, let's do our reading, and then we'll look at that. So Luke 11, And I'm going to read from 1 to 13, it's in the chat, and so we begin. And the Bible says, and it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, So in earth, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Jesus is teaching his followers how to pray. This is is the famous um, Lord's Prayer. And there are two verses. You'll also find this in Matthew chapter six, reading from verses eight to 13. But we'll focus on this one. But then Jesus goes on and begins to explain prayer. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. I'm at verse five now, ladies and gentlemen. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. Verse eight, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And then Jesus continues, and he says this, he says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And verse 13 is where we were going. He then says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So, ladies and gentlemen, what that means is this. Jesus is explaining prayer. And he wants, to, um, he wants to drive home the point. So he teaches them, this is the method of praying. But then he begins to explain how powerful prayer is. And, and, the, and the, the scriptures are just wonderful. We're one minute from our declaration. So we will pause for our declaration in a moment. And he then breaks it down. He says, when you're praying, remember he lays out how to pray and he says, very clearly, then. Um, he says, "Ask and it shall be given you." That when you ask, God will not give it to you. God will give it to you because He knows you have need of it, and He's your friend, and He's on your side. And please, ladies and gentlemen, let me say this just before our declaration: Please remember, God loves you. And then He uses the example of a father and a child. And he says, if you as a father would ask anything, if you as a child would ask anything of your father, will God not, um, would you then return that request and give the child something evil? Let's pause. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take our declaration. We'll come back to that thought. And our declaration goes as follows. Let's say together, O Lord, we are your people, called by your name we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways, Lord, hear from heaven, Lord, forgive our sins and heal our land in Jesus' name. Amen. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen and ladies and gentlemen that is a prayer that God is answering the United Kingdom will be healed blessed and saved wonderful okay all right so let's continue and so Jesus is explaining that this is what you must have in mind when you pray and before I go on I want you to remember this please God loves you. So when you are coming to God in prayer, no matter how dire the situation, I want you to please keep in mind that God is your father and he loves you. But then Jesus then says, he wants to drive it absolutely home. He wants to drive the point home. So he, so he reaches for the most the highest need of mankind and the greatest gift God can give. And this is what he says. He then says, your heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. He explains that this is how powerful prayer is because the greatest gift you can have which is the Lord living on your inside which he Jesus Christ is through his death and sacrifice and atonement of our sins is about to make possible he said it will come to you on the back of prayer so how do we get the holy spirit to live on our inside to have an abiding presence on our inside jesus says ask the father Why does he say so? He presents this as our greatest need. Now, when I say our greatest need, what we're going to look at, when we look at what the Holy Spirit does, ladies and gentlemen, you will realize Jesus was absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. The Holy Spirit, he is our greatest need. He feels that because with him in our life, things really, really do change. And so this is what I wanted to to keep in mind tonight. And so what we're going to look at, so we've looked at three things. I'll go very quick. Number one, we've looked at the, the Holy Spirit is a person. That means you can have a conversation with him and he will speak back to you. That means he's there, he's walking with you. And Jesus said, he represents me. So having the Holy Spirit there is like having Jesus standing right beside you and you can ask him whatever you need, and he will answer you. That's the first thing. The second thing we realize is he's God. Jesus says, I will come back to you. And so who is the Holy Spirit? He's God living on our inside. That's the amazing thing. And so what we want to hold on to and Jesus, then the third thing that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to reside on your inside in the overflowing presence He said it will happen on the back of prayer. And that's really important. So ladies and gentlemen, one of the things I want us to, we spoke about, we spoke last week about one of the things that a few of the things that the Holy Spirit does. And we're going to look at, we're going to pick on a few more tonight because it will drive home the point that the Holy Spirit is our greatest name, but also you will be amazed at some of the things he does and some of the things he makes possible. And you'll realize our journey with the Lord is not meant to be as arduous as sometimes we find it. And remember this was where this conversation started. We said loving others and loving God can be a challenge. And we're going to see how that can be overcome tonight. Okay, all right. So let's have a look at some of the things that he does. We've spoken about um, um, the big five last week. And so what else does he do? So let's pick on a few more. The first one, and this is, um, we did speak about this last week, but I'm going to speak about it again, just to make sure we know. Jesus said, he is our guide. And that means, Whenever we are in a situation and we don't know what to do, whenever we are in a situation and we don't know what to do, we can ask the Holy Spirit and he will give us direction. Now, we're going to, we, remember what we said last week, there are five things the Holy Spirit helps us to do, but it's through those five mediums that or those five things that we spoke about last week that the Holy Spirit will be able to speak, minister, and guide us. The Bible is number one. Second is prayer, because he was. we can pray and he will speak to us. The third one is worship. The Holy Spirit will create an environment where you have an encounter with the Lord. And the third The fourth one is obedience, where the Holy Spirit will get your attention and he will cause you to do something that will cause your life to fundamentally change. And the final thing is the Holy Spirit will cause you to give, setting in motion, a series of miraculous events so that what you're looking for shows up. So ladies and gentlemen, the first thing we're looking at is he's our guide. And I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, please, um, to John chapter 16. Verses 13 to John chapter 16, verse 13. Yes. And I'm going to read from from the King James Version of the Bible. Jesus says the following. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he shall speak and he will announce to you things to come. He will glorify me for he will receive of mine and will announce it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and will announce it to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our guide. Now, think about this. Remember who he is. He is God. He has access. That means he knows how much does God know? God knows absolutely everything all at the same time. Past, present, and future, for in every situation. So when the Holy Spirit gives you guidance or advice, it is, <laughs> think about it. Remember, God loves you. It is life-changing. And Jesus said, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Um, I'll give you one or two examples and I'll um, just so that we can bring it home. I'll I'll use an example of um, direction. One particular day I was was, um, on my way into church and I walked to the, the train station, got to the, I literally, I was on just, On there's a bridge that takes me from one platform to another so I can come into church when I'm coming in by train. In the middle of that bridge, I saw my train coming. So I began to speed up so I could get to the steps, get down through the barriers and hop on a train. As I did so, the Holy Spirit said, let that train go by. Now, remember, God loves you as a child. In the very same way, He won't start with big things. He will start with small things. So sometimes it will be, Holy Spirit, what shirt do I wear this morning? He'll say, wear the blue one. Um, Sometimes you will ask him, okay, do I go to Tesco's or do I go to another supermarket? He'll tell you which way to go. Do I, um, And so he'll basically coach you. That's a nice word. He will coach you because he's your teacher, he will teach you all things. So what that means is he's not only your guide, he will instruct you. We've spoken about that last week. So he will make sure that you understand what God wants in a way or manner that you can understand it. And so he will coach you. Now, um, this particular day, the Holy Spirit said, let the train go, but he didn't start with words. He started with an impression. I just, I don't know whether you, it's its like a hunch or a, the term we use is a gut feeling, whereby you sense, wait, something is a little bit different. And then he speaks, okay? And so what I want you to begin to realize, he spoke to me and he said, that, okay, don't take that train. Take the next one. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, i It was quite a shock because if I missed that train, I was obviously going to be, I would would arrive later than I expected. And so I got to the platform, the train was there. And this is sometimes where the Lord asks you to walk in, in very simple faith. I had to sit on the platform, watch everybody get off the train, watch everybody get on, and then watch the doors close. And it's sometimes that is the toughest part of following the Holy Spirit. You begin to realize that, oh my goodness, I actually have to. um, I literally have to let things happen in a way that is not quote unquote normal. So I watched the train go, sat down, picked up my phone, and had about 25 minutes to wait. And I just waited. I read, I, I wasn't sure what I was doing on my phone. I may have been reading the Bible, I may have been doing something else. But it was like, Holy Spirit, okay, what next? So I. The next train came, 25 minutes later, I hopped on the train. So that meant my journey was effectively 30 minutes later. So I followed my journey, no extra information. So I literally, just like following a sat-nav, if it doesn't tell you to turn, just keep going straight. I got to King's Cross, changed trains, nothing spectacular happened. I was looking for something spectacular to happen. Nothing spectacular happened. Got on the tube, got out of Brent Cross, came down and as I walked from the front of Brent Cross and I walked to the road, the next thing I heard was don't get a lift and don't get a bus, just walk to church. It's a 15 minute walk. It's not a nightmare. A nightmare. And it was a lovely day, nice and sunny. It wasn't um, walk through a thunderstorm. And literally as I got to the road, as I got to the road, I heard somebody call out my name. Call out my title, not my name, Pastor Badge, the, what I'm known as in church. And I stopped and I thought, oh, okay, that's unusual. And the person was very insistent. Pastor Badge, oh, and then the phrase they used was, Thank God, we saw you. And the interesting thing was. They had just come from the hospital and they had had a very, very difficult assessment. And so for the next 30 to 40, they said, let us give you a lift to church. And I said, okay, no problem. So I hopped in the back of the, the, their car and we began to speak. And then they told me this is what happened. So we prayed. And interestingly, we ran into roadworks and a 15 minute journey became a 45 minute journey. But that was 45 minutes were priceless because it allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to them through that season ladies and gentlemen that's the kind of thing that happens when the holy spirit is your guide it's it's that where jesus said he is your guide he will lead you into all truth and so what that means is so i want you to realize whenever you need direction the holy spirit your prayer or cry for direction it will be answered and most times it will start with an impression as it goes on as you spend time in prayer as we go on you'll realize it will become clearer and clearer that oh the holy spirit's leading me to do this the holy spirit's leading me to do that and there are all sorts of wonderful stories i could tell you very very wonderful some more recent than others and so what i want you to keep in mind is this the holy spirit is your guide and this is also the wonderful thing When it says he's your guide into all truth, he will lead you in your Bible study. You can ask him. You can ask him, Holy Spirit, where should I read in the Bible? What should I do? Or how should I follow my my, um, Bible study um, reading guide? And he will bring different parts of the Bible to life. Wonderful thing. And so the first thing he does is, Um, (laughs) the first thing he does is God is your guide. Okay. God was kind. Um, so the next thing we want to do is let's have a look at the other thing that he does. So let's look at a few more. So that one, he's our guide. Um, the next thing I want you to look at, let's have a look. Fabulous. The second thing, one that there, I've got about 20 or 30 things that he does. Um, I won't read them out as a list, I'll just pick up on a few. Um, This one, the Holy Spirit will help build your faith. And I want you to keep this in mind. When it comes to causing faith to rise in your heart, it's a function of the ministry of the holy spirit function of the ministry of the holy spirit he will build your faith turn with me um turn with me please to the book of jude 1 there's only one chapter in jude jude 1 and we're going to read verse 20 now this is one of the beautiful things and we'll we'll speak about this today The Holy Spirit will build your faith. The first thing he will do. So let me read Jude one twenty, And the Bible says the following. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, eagerly awaiting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to everlasting life and that is Jude. Jude only has one. Jude 1, and that's 20 to 21. So ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, building up your most holy faith. That means when you pray in the spirit, especially when, and, and this is the beautiful thing about praying in the spirit, When you are praying in the spirit, when the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is the one who brings the word of God alive. He opens it up. And so when you're praying in the spirit, one of the most beautiful things he does is he will begin to reveal the things about the word you don't know. He will bring it to life. And we call that faith. And so when you're praying in the spirit, the Bible says that he will build up your most holy faith. Now, this is one of the things. So the first thing we do is praying in the Holy Ghost. We've spoken about that. So when I'm, when you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, and this is one of the beautiful things about praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is not there to make you look strange. Praying in tongues, it's, it is the most, it's such a blessed gift. And we're going to talk about that in detail next week, um, about being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Spirit. It's priceless. It's a priceless gift. Priceless gift. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will build your faith. And so many times when you're going through something or you're going in a difficult time, pray in the spirit. Now, a lot when He when you're praying in the spirit and you're just lifting up, you're praying and So you could literally be sitting on the train and praying quietly under your breath and then you can you can literally stop remember it's the beautiful thing about it is you can choose when to pray in the spirit and when not to and while you're doing that you are not doing nothing the holy spirit is building your faith because a conversation is happening between you and the lord and i'm going to show you where that is and so Please turn in your Bibles. Also, it's um, please turn in your Bibles to First Corinthians chapter fourteen, and the Bible says the following. I'm going to read from one, and I'm going to stop at two, one to two. So, First Corinthians fourteen verses one to two. The Bible says, "Follow after charity, and desire spiritual spiritual things, but rather that you may prophesy." Verse two says. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one hears, but in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So, when you're having a conversation with the Lord, he will begin to literally build your inside, strengthen you on the inside. It's like lifting weights. As you do pray in the spirit, you will be able to, the Lord will be able to open and explain his word to you, thus building. That is First Corinthians 14. I'll write it in the chat. Thank you for asking. I'll write it in the chat. That's First Corinthians 14. And I read from 1 to 2. There we go. When you're praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit strengthens you on the inside. Remember, we spoke about that two weeks ago, where the person of the Holy Spirit will fill you. And we spoke about it from the the book of Ephesians chapter three, reading from verses 14, where the ministry of the Holy Spirit will strengthen your spirit on the inside. And then the Bible says he will cause Jesus to dwell in your heart by faith. How does he do that? Okay, how does he do that? He will cause the word of God, the word that you read, and the things that you talk to in the Lord when you're praying in the spirit to become a reality. He will open up the word, and all of a sudden, you'll realize, wow, I understand the Bible. The Bible will then come alive, and the resultant effect is faith. So he strengthens you, then he explains the Bible and you believe the Bible, the result is faith, and that's how your faith grows, because he's your teacher. So when you spend time praying in the spirit, it strengthens you on the inside, so that you can understand, so that you can relate to God, so you can understand the Bible in a brand new way. I'll give you an example. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example, My this is my, one of the things that, that happened to me recently, um, all of a sudden, um, not all of a sudden, I was going through, um, I was working on a, pro, uh, on a particular project and there's a Bible verse in that project and it's Luke one thirty seven. for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And all of a sudden it took over my Bible study. So I began to look up what it meant. I began to pray about it. It began to stay in my mind. I began to meditate on it. I began to think about that, God, if this is true, how does it how, how does it work for me? How can I make it real in my life? And I began to pray. And then there was one particular day, I just sitting in my study, I just started praying in the spirit. And I just started praying in the spirit. And I just started literally speaking in tongues for 15, 20 minutes. For, I wasn't praying for anything. I was just praying. And then, as I came, um, as I came back into, as I sat down at my Bible study, the Holy Spirit said, "Study this verse, and begin to look at the meanings of this word." So I began to break down Luke one thirty seven. It was life changing, because what the Bible actually says in Luke one thirty seven where it says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And you'll find that in some of the, um, the more popular versions of the Bible, you'll realize the Bible says, for no word of God shall be devoid of power or without the ability to come to fulfillment. And I realize that, my goodness, Lord, as long as I am believing your word, as long as I am believing your word, then it is going to get done what you have promised me. And all of a sudden, my confidence went through the roof. And I began to realize that, Lord, any promise that you've made to me, any word that you've brought alive, anything that I've read in the Bible that says, this is what will happen if I do this. It is so powerful that I am no longer in any situation that I face a victim. And I began to realize that, oh my goodness, and that I, that became part of my Bible study. So the confidence based upon that word, I could begin to make changes to my life in the very same way the Holy Spirit will do it for you. And so ladies and gentlemen, what does the Holy Spirit do? He builds your faith. How? Praying in the Spirit? Yes. He also opens up the word, In the Bible study, what else else does he do? He leads you into all truth. He makes it clear. And he literally speaks mysteries. He causes you to understand what God wants you to understand. The result, the result is faith we're going to speak about the baptism of the holy spirit next week and some of your questions i'll grab them and we will answer them don't worry we'll come to that so what does he do the holy spirit builds our faith he brings the word alive okay the next thing he does um, the next thing i want to look at is found we've looked at it We've looked at it before, and the Holy Spirit wants us to go back. So please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to read from 14. And we're going to read to 21. And we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit makes, and this is the, the beautiful thing about it. This is one of the things that we don't realize. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, and I'll use my personal example in this, it makes being a Christian possible. He brings it alive. I didn't say he makes it easy. I said he makes it possible. He brings the whole process alive. Um, I'm going to read from verse 14. And I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible. All right, so I'm going to read from Ephesians 3.14. Ephesians 3.14, and I'll read. And the Bible says this. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Then he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So that's what one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to give you strength. That means we'll come to that in a moment. The Bible then says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, we've spoken about that, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Then the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Now, amen. That's what Ephesians 3.14 says. Twenty to 21 says and what does it present that the ministry of the holy spirit makes our christian journey possible viable and alive notice the bible says that paul says that the lord will grant you from his riches that the holy spirit will strengthen you In the inner man, that means the presence and the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit will give you strength. And so I don't know what you're facing, ladies and gentlemen, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, the Holy Spirit will give you strength, the capacity and the strength, not only to confront, but to overcome whatever you're facing. But then he explains how it is done. The first thing he says is that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. He will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to come alive. He will cause your that your belief and your commitment to the Lord to come alive. He will bring the word to life. Then the Bible says, and you will come to understand with all saints, what is the length, breadth, depth, and height. That means you'll come to understand the gospel primarily for you and in relation to others that, that you are saved by grace through faith. And that is, it's a gift. You'll realize that you have moved from darkness to light, And that means your life is about to be very, very different. This is what the Holy Spirit does. But this is what I want you to realize. The Bible says when he strengthens you like this, Jesus will settle into your heart. You will be rooted and grounded in love. We've spoken about that. Where I'm going is this. The Bible says, verse 19, that you might be filled with all the fullness of god when that is an old english way of, now i'm going to read acts chapter 1 verse 8 from the amplified bible and it will explain what i'm saying a lot better when the holy spirit comes upon you when he fills you when you're filled with the holy spirit when he comes to live on your inside The Bible says the outcome of his presence is that the fullness of God, all that is in God is now living and active on your inside. All that Jesus has won on your behalf is active on your inside. And the Bible says he will give you strength, the strength to be able to confront whatever you're confronting. And I'm going to give you an example in a moment. And then I'll read Acts 1 verse 8 just for clarity. Acts 1 verse 8 to back to explain this and then I'll wrap this up the bible says but you shall receive power ability efficiency and might when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends the very bounds of the earth and so let me give you a personal example of what I'm talking about When I gave my life to Christ, um, I literally had the kind of conversion that was not, was quite sudden. It was a day or night thing. The Lord, once the Lord got me on September the 12th, 1987, it was a complete turnaround. I was filled with the Holy Spirit that day. And this is the beautiful thing. I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I started praying in tongues and it was wonderful. And the first thing that I noticed that happened, the first thing that happened to me, one, i had peace a peace i hadn't had from childhood and i had a very troubled a troubled journey into into christ that's fine but peace came that i couldn't explain and for the first time in my life i slept well it was remarkable that's the first thing i realized but then i found the a hunger and a desire to read the Bible. Please understand, the only time I read the Bible prior to that was to pass exams. I, I, we, we did Bible knowledge. I did Bible knowledge at O-level back then, and that was the only time I would read the Bible. It wasn't so much that I, no, no, that was the only time I would read the Bible. After my, After I gave my life to Christ and the Holy Spirit took over my literally filled me on the inside. Hear me well, ladies and gentlemen, a desire came. Now, why am I saying it like this? I want you to realize your journey with the Holy Spirit will be in a way that you can understand. So he's going to work with you initially through your desires, okay? Through your desires. I will answer your questions. I will come to your questions. Um, i not, maybe not to, as many as I can today, but most of them we'll deal with next week because we're going to deal with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and more and a bit more next week. A hunger and a desire came to read the Bible. As I began to read the Bible, as I began to read the same stories I had read, I had heard in church, the same stories I had read, um, you know, when they read them out in the assembly, all of a sudden the Bible came back. Alive. I would read the story of David, and I would realize, oh, so my life can be different. I will read the story of uh, a story of Moses, and I realized, wow, God can do some amazing things. I would read, I read the stories of the miracles of Jesus, and I realized that, my goodness, Jesus is real. And all of a sudden, and it began to systematically come alive. I read the Bible voraciously. This is what. As that happened, as I read the Bible, and this was, now this is um, a a, a 30-something year journey, and it hasn't gone. Every time I read the Bible, the Holy Spirit brings it to life. And all of a sudden, it changes something on my inside, gives me the ability to confront a challenge that I had. One of them was ill health. And I began to find that, wait, if the Bible says that I can be healed and I can, and I had the confidence and the courage to say, let me try it out. The Bible says, if I say, and and I began to literally, let me try it out. And I'm deliberately making it this simple because this is how it was. It's not magic. It was a desire. I read the Bible. And then the, the next thing was, let me try it out. And so I had a headache. I can't remember whether it was a headache or I had a fever. And I prayed about it. And the shocking thing was, it went. And I thought, hey, it works. And back, I go to the Bible. Fast forward 30 or so years. That process has just been rolling over and over again. What is God doing? He's making himself real on my inside. So in the last 30 years, we have one has faced challenges, not only in my life, but in other people's lives. And I've been able to say, no, the Bible says this, let me give it a try. The Bible says this, let me give it a try. And as that has done, it's like God puts one block on the other, one block on the other one block on the other, so what does the Holy Spirit do? He makes your journey into Christ alive, viable. That's the beauty of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. He makes it come alive. He brings the words to life, and he will cause you to look for, and then he will cause you to try. And when you've tried and it works, he builds on that and the key element is the bible says and make that you will be filled with all the fullness of god that means the lord will fill you so that he can flow through you to make miracles happen in the lives of others so i began let's remember i said that one of the areas that i faced was healing i I needed healing because i was quite ill and healing came in that area, it started with headaches, started with fevers. I began to see God get me to make me healthier as time went on. And, you know, and then one day I was confronted with somebody who was unwell and I had the opportunity to pray for them. I remember I was, I, we had just come out of university and this person was standing in front of me and the person was very unwell. They had gone through a pretty much a nightmare. And I said, let me pray for you. Because the Bible says that if I pray for you and I lay hands on you, the Bible says you'll get healed. And I thought, well, the Bible says this, so I'm gonna try it. It wasn't the first time I had prayed for somebody, but this one was quite memorable. And I reached out and I laid hands on this person, and what was a what they were struggling with stopped immediately. And it was way, it was woo. I was as shocked as I, I had to pretend, but I I was shocked that wow, this thing really works. And the beautiful thing about it is. The Lord said, okay, another block. The next time I'm faced with it, I'm more confident to say, let me pray for you. I'm more confident to say, the Bible in this area works. I'm more confident to say, let's try it again. Why? Because God has filled you with himself and he will cause himself to flow out of you to others. And that's how your Christian journey comes alive that's how god built my prayer life that's how god built my study life that's how i began to discover what i was here for that's how worship became amazing and all of a sudden i began to it was like i was hungry and ladies and gentlemen if i can put it into one word the holy spirit made me hungry hungry for god and that is what i am praying for you It's not difficult. It's actually simple. He will make you hungry. And this is, he will, the Bible says that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. That's in in Matthew chapter five. And this is, you must realize he's going to make you hungry. Don't complicate it. He's going to make you hungry. But I want this to work. I want this to work. The Bible says this, so I'm going to try it. The Bible says this, so I'm going to try it. And he's the one who makes it happen. The Bible then says, to bring us back to our text, when you are filled with all the fullness of God, the Bible says, verse 20, Ephesians 3.20 comes alive. This is where I'm going to stop tonight. Ephesians 3.20 comes alive. The Bible says, now... Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above whatsoever you may ask or think according to the power that works in you. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in your inside, the Bible says power comes, ability, that is an enablement to do something, efficiency, the ability to put things in order to get things done, might and capacity, the ability for God to fill you so he can flow out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit makes your Christian journey alive. He makes it fun. He makes it real. So it's not dull, it is also not fruitless. He'll make you fruitful. And that's what he does. And so that's one of the things he does. And the beautiful thing is, that's what one of the things his presence does. Now, um, let's grab something. Somebody said, is it possible to drive the Holy Spirit away by not acknowledging him every time he speaks? Let's put it in context. The Bible says, Jesus said, when I send the comforter to you, okay? When I send the comforter to you, he will be with you forever. He will go quiet. He may go quiet if you choose to ignore him, but he's right there. And so ladies and gentlemen, remember, this is what grace is. Jesus said, when we make a mistake, just come to me and I'll give you a reset. And so tonight, if you feel that you've found yourself apart from the Holy Spirit, or you felt he's gone quiet, then tonight we ask for a reset. And that he begins again with you. He loves you because God loves you. And God hasn't given up on you. And so he will go quiet, but he's always there. Because that's who he is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit next week. So the questions, I've got a couple of questions um, why about there seems to be no revelation of tongues today in, in church and things like that. We'll deal with that next week. But I want you to remember tonight, the Holy Spirit will make your Christian journey come alive. He will cause you to desire and he will cause you to do the things that God wants you to do so he can bless you, so he can Keep you. um And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want to do tonight, and I, I'm just going to say a prayer to close tonight. I, and I sincerely, please keep it simple. It's going to be the Holy Spirit's going to take you into a place that, listen, He's going to make it real. And Father Almighty God, I pray for everybody who's listening. And I pray for everybody who's listening on the podcast. And I pray sincerely that, Lord, cause them to be filled afresh with the person of the Holy Spirit. Cause his ministry, cause his presence, cause all the things that he does to become alive once more. I pray, Father Almighty God, that you cause the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of your children to cause power, ability, efficiency, might to come upon your children so that from this moment forward their lives once more will be fresh just like when we first met you and father we ask it in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ we also ask father for anybody who requires a miracle of any shape or form may the power of god cause it to be done so God can do exceeding, abundantly, above whatsoever you may ask or think. May God heal you. May God heal your loved one. May God open doors for you. May God make things happen to you. Commit you into the hands of the Lord today. We give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus's most holy name. Now there's one question I'll answer next week. That what do you do when you find it difficult to read or hear the word of God, even though you want to. We'll talk about that next week. One of the best ways to do deal with that, not deal with, one of the best ways to do that is spend time in a fast. It's I know we're coming up to the pursuit of God and I know it sounds really cheesy, but listen, fasting works. And we'll talk about that next week. And we'll talk about the master of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about prayer and we'll tie in fasting. So it's gonna be a fun week. Ladies and gentlemen, God will be kind. Um, This podcast is, if, you, if you're on any of the platforms, look for the Jesus House podcast Bible study and look for today's date. It comes up on all the popular platforms and so you can listen to it again. Have a wonderful evening, ladies and gentlemen. May God bless you and keep you. Have a great night. I'll see you next week.